Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in and listening to the podcast. It's such a blessing to be able to share the work that we do with you. Uh, and thanks again for all the people who supported us in the push to get the YouTube URL. Uh, that really means a lot. We did put the video, uh, we made a podcast of the class that uh, I taught at the 3HO men's camp, and we posted the full video. Uh, Kelby put it together along with our friend Andrew Measley. They did a beautiful job, and we will continue to post uh, classes on the YouTube. So if you if you haven't checked us out on YouTube yet, you can go to youtube.com, uh, the page is Tiago Prem Singh, uh, S-I-N-G-H, um, and check it out and tune into the classes that we're posting there. The idea is to get a class up every Friday. Uh, didn't happen today because we're still dealing with summer holidays and all of that jazz, uh, but I am posting this lovely uh, podcast of the lecture that I gave uh, in celebration of the 550th anniversary of one of my primary teachers, uh, the great master Guru Nanak, the first guru of the Sikhs. Um, so uh, I hope you enjoy uh, this episode. It's a it's a great episode. It's a special time uh, as we celebrate Guru Nanak, and then leading up to this Monday, uh, celebrating uh, Yogi Bhajan's birthday. And if you're in the Vancouver area, you can come and uh, hang out with us. We have a special celebration, Cosmic Birthday celebration, from six to nine p.m. That's on August twenty sixth, Monday night at the Dharma Temple on Main Street. Um, Anyhow, let's get uh, down to the podcast here. Uh, if you like the work that we do, please share it with your friends. Please share it on your social media uh, channels, whatever you use to connect with the world. Um, and share it in real life. Share it in conversations. Uh, share it with your yoga classes. Share it with your parents. Share it with uh, whoever. I've heard uh, so much great feedback from people who have shared it with uh, friends who aren't even really into yoga. And it's been really resonant for them and it inspired them to get into tea or uh, get into uh, meditation or uh, that sort of thing. So please share it. Um, and if you love the podcast, please review it. Please rate it uh, wherever you tune into podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Uh, okay, I think that's it. Uh, some of the highlights for this week is we are celebrating, as I said, Guru Nanak uh, and the 550th anniversary. So we touch a little bit on Guru Nanak, the great mystic. We uh, dive into one of my favorite potties that really spoke to me while I was on pilgrimage in uh, Punjab to do the 84 steps, which I've spoke about in previous podcasts. We talk about free will. Is it real or not? We talk about the great weaver of all of life and how that great weaver is even greater than the internet. Ha <laughs> ha. And we talk about Acteon and Artemis, a beautiful story, intense story, uh, but about uh, this concept that you can't steal awakening. Um, it's something that you make yourself receptive to. You can uh, do techniques to make yourself open uh, to receive or to see who you really are in relationship to the whole, but it can't be forced or stolen. Uh, we talk about being from the future, how we are beings from the future. Those of you who feel called to these teachings, uh, that's your future self that's pulling you forward. Uh, we are these beings from the future occupying the present in bodies that are made up of the past. We talk about that. We talk about how pain and pleasure are universal. We talk about oneness not being about philosophy and opinions, but how everything, not just people, is one. Everything on this planet is one being. Uh, and we talk about waking up to one, which is what Gurnanik was all about, this whole concept of ek 
Onkar. So that's kind of in a nutshell where we're going with this talk. I hope you enjoy it. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on social media at Tiago Prem on Instagram or send me an email if you have questions, suggestions for the podcast or would like uh, information about working one-on-one. I do a lot of spiritual counseling, counseling with uh, addiction and recovery. Um, And yeah, I love to come to your yoga centers or festivals and teach if you'd have me. So you can always hit me up at Tiago Prem at the Dharma Temple.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So without further ado, here's the celebration of Guru Nanak right here on Revealing the Diamond. Since we're talking Guru Nanak today, here's one of my favorite uh, passages of Guru Nanak, the mystic, the sage, uh, that this line comes down through. He said this about it. He said, there's no power to be silent and no power to speak, no power to beg and no power to give, no power to die and no power to live, no power to gain material wealth or status, they only increase the busyness of the individual thinking mind, no power to force meditation or intuition to arise, no power to escape from the confusing ways of the world, the power belongs only to the one who is in all everywhere at once. O Nanak, equal to all, no one is higher and no one is lower. So I guess we kind of know where he stands on the matter. In my experience, uh, with the limited experience that I've had with these practices over 20 years of meditating and making mistakes and causing pain and suffering in the world and enjoying the beauty of the world and all the things that we do, Uh, In my experience, I think that uh, people are being guided and the question is, are they listening or not? That's what I think. And you cannot listen, uh, but ultimately you're going to end up where you're meant to be. And you can get involved and participate, or you can fight against it. Or like you're saying, you could do a little bit of both. Most people do a little bit of both. And then the corrections, uh, uh, the less you listen, the more severe the corrections seem to be, in my experience, for now. For now. But, you know, Nanak talks about there being this great weaver of oneness. Like, uh, we sit here and we philosophize about things without understanding the, like, how intricate Uh, reality in the material realm is, don't you? Like, you know, the analogy I like is your individual thinking mind that you put a lot of emphasis on, your personality, your individual thinking mind doesn't have the capacity to keep the vessel, the human body that you live in, alive. All the biological functions. It doesn't. You know? If the great weaver, the one, you call it whatever you want. I like great weaver, I'm, I'm into that. But the great weaver of all of life. If the great weaver of all of life was like, I'm taking the day off, uh, could you just take care of this thing for the, for the rest of the day and I'll be back tomorrow. Like a babysitter or something. You'd die. You would. You'd be thinking about like, how many cells go through the capillaries and then how does the kidneys react to this and how does the heart, you'd be like, this is too much. 
It's like when uh, like somebody like my father or something sits down to play video games with somebody my daughter's age. Have you ever witnessed this before? And they're like, how do I move? You know, and there's like 17 million other things that they have to do for the game to work. And the kid's like, give me that, Grandpa. You know, you don't know how to play. And, you, know, you know what I mean? It's like that. So there is this great intelligence. Don't put beliefs and all of that stuff in it. There's some pattern or something like that happening. Even the internet is a series of duality, isn't it? Are you computer programmer people? How does it all come together? Ones and zeros. It's a pattern, right? And it's a mirror of our own consciousness that we've created. Well, what about the great weaver's consciousness that has provided us with the information to even do that? It's even greater than the internet. And the internet's pretty great. You know, anybody got a question? We can ask the great Swami Googlananda and he'll respond in, you know, 0.3 seconds. You know what I'm talking about, Googlananda? <laughs> Google, the great Google. <clears throat> and Nanak, and we're going to explore this a little bit today, he, he, was, he says like with this no control part, it means that you can't take the awareness of the one. It's predetermined how you will connect to that, but eventually you will. And the teachings say it might take well, they say 8.4 million lifetimes to attain a human birth. So you've been around a long time. Not 30, 40, 50 years. In fact, if you had been around 30, 40, 50 years, you couldn't even sit in this room. You'd be like, F this, and you go across the street for tacos and margaritas and say, what a nutcase in the turban across the road. And that's fine. But the fact that you can even sit here and hear this, filled with doubt and all of the things that we all have, believe me, I'm a real you know, cynic and I wanna know, take the whole thing apart and see how it works. But 8.4 million lifetimes to attain a human birth and then 84,000 of those human lifetimes to become awakened. That's a lot of time. Where do the numbers come from? You could do that for homework. <laughs> math assignment, you know, and get back to me. It's like uh, that story when somebody says to Yogi Bhajan, uh, I, I'm, I love the practice and I'm experiencing the oneness and the interconnectedness of everything uh, when I'm in the class, but when I'm out in the world, I'm constantly confused. And what should I do if I get confused? And his answer was perfect. You know what he said? If you figure it out, let me know. Great master, right? But the idea is it can't be taken. Have you heard this story? We were, Esther and I were uh, doing some tarot today and we were talking about, I don't know a lot of the Greek mythology. I studied a comparative religion but focused most, mostly in Eastern thought. But you know this story about Acteon and Artemis? Have you heard this one before? Acteon is like this hunter who's out in the woods and he comes across Artemis, the goddess of the animals connected to nature, there's some ties to Isis, not the Isis that you know from the material realm, but the other one, the goddess of nature. <laughs> It'd be confusing if I didn't clarify that, right? So she, she has ties to Isis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, so he's out in the woods hunting around and he sees this beautiful goddess and, and he tries to like steal a glance 
of this one who understands the great mystery, the great, great weaver, how everything is interconnected. And he tries to like sneak up and see like what makes her tick. And it, it, he's a hunter and she turns him into an animal and then he's killed by his own dogs. This is an intense story. But the story is the same as what Guru Nanak says where you can't take it. It will be revealed to you when the timing is perfect for you. You know, and, and the teachings in the Western uh, philosophy as well as in the Eastern philosophy say the same thing, that you could speed up the process by doing some techniques that would allow you to listen a little more clearly. Isn't that what we do in Kundalini Yoga? Isn't it a, a series of exercises that would cause you to listen a little more clearly? And there's other practices like that. You know, like just go out in nature and walk around. Like my partner and I, we went for a run in the woods and breathe the fresh air. And, you know, you, you feel a little more connected to who you are when you do that, don't you? You know, if you don't like running, just minus the running part and just put the nature part, you know. Making sense? You can't steal it, is what I'm trying to say. But what, we, what Nanak talked about is that there's a way to connect uh, so that you can see like fragments of the dimension that is beyond what you perceive to be real. There are little fragments of it and they're accessible mainly through listening and sound. And when I say listening, I don't just mean listening to what I'm saying right now, I mean listening on a deeper level. You know, have you ever had the experience where like something has happened in your life and you're like, I swear I dreamed this before. Mm -hmm. Every time you ask that question, like 95%, 100% of the people are like, yes. So where does that come from? Hasn't happened yet on the surface, you know? And one of my teachers, he says, we're from the future occupying bodies in the present that are affected or programmed by what's happened in the past. Isn't that true? Like, aren't you carrying a bunch of stuff that happened to your ancestors and all these things? But you have some knowledge that is beyond that. And some of it is beyond what you just like learned in school. Isn't it true? You know, you don't have to get too out there about it. I love out there. Just like anybody, you know, obviously I wouldn't be doing Kundalini Yoga if I didn't love out there. But the idea is like, Nanak is like, everything is a part of the cosmic plan. And that pain and pleasure are inevitable. Are pain and pleasure inevitable? Put your hand up if you haven't experienced one of those. So universal, across the board. Everybody's going to experience pain, everybody's going to experience pleasure. So isn't it a funny thing that we go chasing after one and try and get rid of the other? It's not possible. You know, everybody would like a little more pleasure and a little less pain, unless you're really advanced. You know? But the idea is to cultivate some receptivity and to cultivate a deep desire to connect to the one. I don't know how much you know about the writings of Nanak and the writings of the Sikhs, but whenever you read some passage that was written by one of the masters from the past, who were beings from the future, inhabiting bodies in that present with the you know, ancestry and the pain of the past, whenever you read the passage, what does it begin with? Ek. 
What does it mean? One. One. So every single important point that has been passed down through these teachings starts at what? One. And what that means is not there is one God, that's a poor translation. There's one God. Yes, that's true, but it means that everything is one. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the idea that like we're all one and let's all get together. I mean everything. Not your philosophy, not where you came from, not what you believe in. Everything is one. Now, that's a hard thing for the intellect to wrap uh, itself around, isn't it? But they say somehow through deep states of meditation, you could experience that. And I've experienced that. You know, and I'm sure you have too. And it usually happens for a very, very small amount of time. And the fact that it's happened for a very small amount of time keeps me coming back. Because it's like, okay, if I can experience that in that short little window, something beyond the surface, my problems, my pain, my stories, my... Like, there's got to be more of that. Aren't you interested in that? You know, I'm interested in that. Not to escape or something like that. But to know that it, this one is in everything, the infinite is in everything, and that if I get really, really still for a small portion of the day and listen, the blinders of my pain and my suffering and my stories and my busyness and my blah, 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 won't seem so overwhelming. Don't we need that in the world? You know? When you look out in the world, don't you, aren't you like, holy shit, how are we going to manage this thing? I do. But what if everything is according to some plan that is greater than your own individual intellect? That's one place to start. And then the other place to start is, and this is hard to wrap your head around, but you thinking those thoughts, the great weaver of everything, knows that you're going to think those thoughts before you think them, including everybody. And if that's true, do you have any control? You're like, what the hell? I thought we were just going to do some exercise. This is yoga, my friend. Union of the individual with the one. Ek. And how do we reaffirm that in the practice? We do this. Satnam, 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 satnam. Which is everything is one. And there's something greater than your own individual understanding that's in charge of it. And if you don't believe it, test it out. Try the exercises, see what happens. Become a subtle scientist. That's a yogi. Should we try it? Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, great to spend some time with you. I really appreciate all the support. Um, however you are connecting with these teachings, whether it's through the podcast, whether it's through the YouTube, you can check us out, as I said in the intro, at Tiaga Prem Singh on YouTube, uh, whether it's through Instagram, whether it's through coming to classes and trainings at the Dharma Temple, or whether you've connected uh, to us through coming to a festival or uh, when we've traveled to share these teachings, or maybe somebody just gave you the podcast, shared a link with you, or whatever it might be. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. As you can tell, look out into the world. We've got a lot of work to do, and it's a great blessing to be able to share these teachings. I'm so thankful for our teacher, Yogi Bhajan, and so thankful for Guru Nanak, who I talked about during this podcast. Uh, What a great influence they've been on uh, my life and the life of our community. And I just want to encourage you to go out there and uh, get to work, you know, bring these teachings into action. And uh, I, I think we can create a tipping point on the planet by keeping up with our meditations and our sadhanas and doing our very best to show up in the world as uh, agents of peace and transformation and service. We got this. Let's do it. Love y'all. Satnam.